This is Show Me Today, the voice of Missouri. I'm Bill Pollack. We'll hear from Missouri Attorney General Andrew Bailey. He's been trying to catch up on a backlog of government open records. Tips and a seminar coming up for fall gardeners. We'll talk with MU Extension. Lengthy wait times in the call centers for Missouri Medicaid participants looking to renew their health care coverage. The federal government warned the Department of Social Services will find out what's being done to speed up that process. Prolonging or even stopping ALS's progression is the goal behind what a UMKC professor is researching. Joining us now is Thomas Manis. He's associate biology professor at UMKC. Well, as you may know, ALS is a progressive neurodegenerative disease that affects uh, nerve cells in the brain and spinal cord, specifically the motor nerve cells. And there's no cure at this particular point in time. Uh, so patients will typically become afflicted with this disease when they begin to have uh, either speaking issues or movement issues. And when they go in for a diagnosis of what's wrong with them, uh, and they're faced with an ALS diagnosis, it's typically two to five years from that point before they succumb to the disease. So it's very tragic. And once it progresses to the point where patients go into the, uh, their doctor, it uh, is only a few more years in most cases. And then what, what uh, a lot of people have been working on trying to understand what is uh, the basis for these motor cell, motor neurons dying in the brain and spinal cord. And uh, a lot of that research has centered in on protein, proteins that aggregate or clump inside of these motor neurons. And in 97% of the cases of ALS, that protein is t called TDP43. And so the aggregation of this protein is strongly correlated with motor neuron death. And that ends up resulting in loss of voluntary muscle movement and, as I mentioned, eventually death of the ALS patient. Uh, however, this TDP43 protein is important for the survival of cells. So you can't simply shut off the production of this protein as a therapeutic option. Uh, however, my collaborator at Stanford University, Aaron Gittler, found that serendipitously, inhibition of another enzyme called RNA lariat debranching enzyme suppresses this aggregation or clumping of TDP43. I've been studying this enzyme for many years. It's an enzyme that cuts RNA molecules that are looped or lariat-shaped. Um, and when you inhibit DDR1, it causes these uh, RNA lariats to accumulate in cells and uh, Gittler found that when these RNA lariats accumulate, the motor neurons' improve, survival is improved, and that TDP43 actually binds to these lariat RNAs, and it allows the TDP43 to kind of become untangled. So we are, have been collaborating for about 10 years now, Dr. Gittler and I, to come up with a screen to identify drugs that will inhibit DBR1. And what we came up with, it's been a long process, but we eventually screened out of hundreds of thousands of uh, small chemicals that could be drugs, a couple of DBR1 inhibitors. Um, I 
got together with my colleagues at the University of Kansas at their Institute for Advancing Medical Innovation, which is headed by Scott Weir. And we looked at these molecules. They picked out the best one with their medicinal chemical knowledge. And we are working together with uh, these uh, researchers at the University of Kansas to move this molecule to the next step of the drug discovery process. Uh, I, many of you may realize it takes a long time to, for drugs to come to market from the first discoveries in the laboratory. It's a very long process requiring lots of uh, funding at different steps and, and a very high risk. And in this case, we're sort of midway along this drug discovery process. We've finished all the basic research. We understand what our inhibitor does in the cell, and we're at the point of getting it into the preclinical phase to, be actually, to actually be able to test it in people to see if it can help alleviate or even reverse the symptoms of ALS. We're talking with Dr. Thomas Meniz. He's the associate biology professor at the University of Missouri, Kansas City. We're talking about ALS. He's working on a project that aims to improve the lives of people that have that diagnosis. So, uh, uh, Dr. Meniz, you recently secured funding for this project. How did this come about? And you were kind of recently mentioning that uh, this is going to, uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, kind of uh, slow uh, the the tree the the progression of this disease is that correct? That is the idea, or even or even halt it, or in the best circumstances potentially reverse it if you can begin treatment early enough uh, by untangling this TDP43 molecule in the motor neurons that are affected in the ALS patients. You can allow those motor neurons to survive longer and perhaps indefinitely, which would be a great benefit because it's the motor neuron's death that is the basis for the progression of ALS. You know, within two to five years of this diagnosis, the disease ultimately ends up taking someone's life. So uh, what happens? How does this work? Is there sort of a, a simplified way to, to understand how this works? I, I think you said uh, that these motor neurons basically die. Yes. Uh, so they die, and then the brain can no longer initiate and control muscle movement. And then when that voluntary muscle action is affected, people begin to lose the ability to speak, eat, move, breathe. So it, it affects these very basic functions. And the result, if that's not stopped, is eventual death of the patient. These are all critical, especially the, the, the breathing and the eating and the moving. Is there a way to detect if someone could be diagnosed with this sometime down the road? Well, right now, the only way to diagnose this is using various um, neurological tests that involve gripping and walking and sort of behavioral type of tests. There's no molecular markers for ALS that would allow you to get a laboratory test and say, yes, you have ALS, let's try to begin treatment right away. So you secured funding for this project. You're trying to develop treatments to currently slow or stop its progression. And, and having said that, what is the path forward and what sort of the uh, time frame we could possibly see maybe something like this rolling out? Yes. So this uh, work grew out of basic research projects, but now it has become an applied research 
project where we're trying to move our basic research findings out into the clinical space to help patients. So we're in the transition between uh, basic research and applied research, and that is often referred to as the valley of death in drug development. It's where basic research discoveries that could help patients have advanced to a point where targeted applied research funding is important but hard to get because there are so many competing projects and it's it's a high risk. You know, you don't know which one is going to end up leading to a uh, new drug treatment and which ones are going to flame out. Only further research and applied research will tell that in clinical trials. So in our case, we have a, a DBR1 inhibitor in hand that we know can help untangle these TDP43 clumps inside of motor neurons, and we're, our project with our University of Kansas collaborators is to take that, in, that best DBR1 inhibitor and design novel, more effective inhibitors using some computer modeling methods, followed with some medicinal chemistry um, synthesis of new variants of the molecule, testing them and then coming up with a what they call a chemical lead, which is in the pharmaceutical industry is the, the molecule you then take into more detailed studies of whether, you know, toxicology and pharmacology and so forth. So the money we have is very targeted towards developing this one inhibitor. And the goal is to do this work over the next several months. And when that work is done, use that as the basis to move to the next phase where we need several hundreds of thousands of dollars to do all of those various types of preclinical studies. Dr. Thomas Manise is the Associate Biology Professor at the University of Missouri, Kansas City, and we're discussing ALS. And if you're just tuning in late or if you want to hear more, subscribe to Show Me Today on Google Podcasts or wherever it is you get your podcasts. This is Show Me Today, the voice of Missouri.